to Soul Naked, your podcast all about embodied healing and sacred sensuality. I am Tanya Hirsch and this podcast is intended to guide you home to your truth and feminine power. Each episode is designed to inspire you to create a pleasure-filled life that is in alignment with your soul. Let's drop the mask and dive right in. Our infinity. Our Welcome back to the Soul Naked podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and to share an amazing, inspiring, deep conversation with Tatcha. And before I introduce her, I have an announcement to make. Maybe you've already heard about it. This weekend, so January 13th until the 15th, I am hosting a three-day immersion. So imagine all the powerful women in the industry coming together and sharing their magic in a 30-minute to 60-minute slot. So this is what I created. It's called Awaken Your Feminine Power Immersion. It's free. So make sure to sign up to save your spot. We have Sophia, Sophie Josefina. We have Shoshana. We have amazing woman I forgot the name right now it's names but you can find all the info in the show notes Tatcha is gonna be there we're all gonna share our medicine in a potent session and it's completely free so make sure to be part of this to feel the power of women coming together in sacred sisterhood in a powerhouse weekend that can transform your life that can awaken your feminine power And before we dive into the interview, I would love to introduce Tatcha. She is an international speaker, woman's empowerment mentor, tantric arts devotee, and serial entrepreneur. And she is devoted to sharing the secrets to mastering the art of personal magnetism in business, love, and in all relationships. And honestly, we went into all the things. I even have difficulties naming this episode because... We talked about her journey of becoming this magnetic, empowered woman. We dive deep into the relationship with her dad that was absent when she grew up and then how she was able to forgive him. So how through forgiveness, you can reclaim your power. We dive into all the things that take away your power and why connecting back to your yoni, to your womb, to your sexuality is such a powerful tool and how you can reclaim that. So we dove into everything. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what resonates, how you enjoyed it, what you took away from it. It's really deep and as always, so naked. So as without further ado, let's welcome Tatcha to the podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Tatcha. I'm so excited to dive so naked with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I really like the fact that I didn't have to choose any clothes. <laughs> and this is the first time we meet, we meet naked. So it's like perfect. <laughs> Life how it's supposed to be. <laughs> the first question I would love to ask you is what does so naked mean to you personally? It means to be fully seen without holding back. It means to love yourself so deeply that and to trust the other so deeply to be able to open up, to be able to show all your colors, to be able to stand in your power despite of what you think others will think. It's to fully own who you are, your journey, 
hear your path, your story, your feelings, your truth, and sometimes even your light and sometimes your darkness, your shadow, those things that we want to hide. I feel like being so naked is freedom. It's expression. Mm, I loved it. And... I mean, we just met like five minutes ago, but I can really feel that from you. And I'm curious if you take us back into your journey. Was that always the case or did you have a point in your life where this was, where you were hiding parts of you, where you weren't feeling safe to show all of you, where you were maybe in a bad relationship with yourself? I feel like the reason why we hide is because there's something that we want to prove or something that we are not proud of of ourselves and so definitely I can as you asked me you brought me back to my childhood for mm -hmm. example you know I always wanted to be seen as this strong girl that had her shit together so I felt that many times I would you know just pretend to be so strong and to have a plan and to have it all figure it out even as a kid and in that journey like growing up you know I I became, you know, through various experiences of growth, you know, you become that strong, powerful woman, independent. There's the good side that makes you strong. But I felt that I was really afraid to be seen in my, like, vulnerability, in my truth, in my weaknesses, in my mistakes, you know. And I felt that for many years. And, you know, I still encounter myself up until this day in moments where I, I want to be seen as strong and, and I, I have to kind of like, okay, let's get naked. <laughs> and <laughs> let's peel, let's take a piece of clothes or a piece of like a mask or something that is still on the way for this connection to really flourish. Because when you are pretending, when you're hiding your truth, There's something in between here and what we most want is that connection, right? So yeah, I definitely felt many various times in my life that I was wearing clothes that didn't belong to me. Thank you for sharing that so openly. And I'm curious if you're open to talk about this. What family dynamics made you become this independent, strong woman on the outside? What was missing when it comes to your needs as a child that made you feel this way and made you really set up this armor around your heart to pretend everything's fine when in truth it was not I feel like the earliest memory I don't know why this is coming up to me but I remember when I was like eight or seven even I was in school I was raised by a single mother I had family like her part of the family big even taking care of me and everything but I didn't have a dad. And that was something that, you know, it was a strong thing in the school because everyone had a dad. Most of people had one and I didn't. So the way that I used to, to hide would be like, I would lie that I was going to travel. I would always say like, I'm going to leave because I would feel like so vulnerable. I went through a lot of bullying. So I would always be saying, that I would always be using that thing, like, I'm gonna go, I'm not gonna be here, I'm gonna go and see my dad, or I'm gonna travel, so I could feel like, okay, I don't belong here, but maybe I will belong somewhere else. I feel like this is one thing that really came up in that stage of my life, 
and I did travel, but it took a disaster for my family to travel. Our family were kidnapped. And then my mother was like, okay, we're going to travel. We're going to get out of Brazil. And that was really fulfilling because I traveled and nobody knew me. I was a new person. So it was really cool to start new. Nobody knew you, like, you know, and then when you come back, you kind of miss where you were. So I felt that when I came back to Brazil, I was really like, okay, I want to be here. I love it here. I belong here. So it was like a, a very early evolution and growth in my journey. You know, I left, I was like 10 and then I came back and there's like there, this little girl that was far away from her family and in other countries. And then I missed to have my roots, to have this life in Brazil. So yeah, it was really special to come back. And then of course, you know, the teenage years in Brazil was, they were really, really rough. I became a teenager. When I came back, I was like 12. And my sexuality, I started very young. My first boyfriend, I had like 13, 14 years. And it was like, they were like my boyfriends from that point on. Most of them, they were older. So I would always want, I was always the youngest person in the room, no matter where I was. And so I felt that there were also moments there that I felt like I needed to grow up. I needed to grow. I need to be something that I am not in order to fit in. Yeah. I love what you said that when you started traveling, it felt like a blank canvas, right? Nobody knew you and you could be more free and more you. But in my experience, I had a similar way growing up every time I went somewhere. After a while, everything comes back, right? And you take these patterns into your new life and everywhere you go, you take everything with you. What did you bring from these years growing up without a father always being strong into your adult life until you worked through this? Like what kept you out of your feminine essence and magnetism because of these patterns of your childhood that you weren't aware of by then? Okay, long story short, whoever wants to go deep into my story, I have highlights on my Instagram. I have like three highlights, part one, part two, and part three. So I'm going to fast forward to the moment where my uncle, he was like my father, and he died. My uncle and my grandfather, so they both died. I was 21. They both died. And then I went to live with my biological father for the first time when I was 21 in New York City with him. And I was like devastated because I lost my two fathers and now I'm going to go live with this father. So I had some hope and I needed to be strong, right? Because my grandfather and my uncle, they were always there for me, like financially, emotionally, to give me love. and spoil me you know all the ways and then when I went to live with my father he wasn't spoiling me that much right and he was like when are you gonna get a job la, 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 la. and then I ended up getting this job as a waitress which is super normal when you're 21 it's fine but I didn't want to that's not what I wanted you know I wanted to go to school and ask him to you know pay for like this course it was a uh, at FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology. I was into fashion at the time and I asked him, hey, dad, can you give me like $250 so I can pay this course that I want to do? He's like, no, I don't have money for this kind of things. So from that point on, I kind of like, okay, 
I have no one to ask money, especially men. I cannot have to do my own thing. And then after a while, he kind of like kicked me out of his house as well in New York City. I didn't speak good English. I didn't have much money. And thank God I had a boyfriend still in Brazil, but we were still together. He would come to New York and he supported me with like a little bit of the rent. My mom also supported me and I was able to move out of my father's house. And from that point on, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, grow up. Now you are a woman, you are going to become more independent than you've ever been. And so I was already kind of working since I was 17, 18. But from that point on, for me, I didn't have a life. It was all about work. It was work, work, work. Like Rihanna said, <laughs> it was so much work. I would go out of the house to work and I would come back and it was New York City. It was cold. It was, you know, I would live to pay my bills. And then I started getting acne and my body started hurting so much because I was overworking my heart. Like I was in love with this. I broke up with my boyfriend and then I met someone else and I was so in love. I remember my heart, like I had a, I couldn't breathe sometimes. It hurt so much. I remember until today, like how much my, I, I never had my heart hurting like that so much. It would hurt. My body would hurt. My face was full of acne. I was so white. I didn't have a life. I was getting, you know, chubby, chubby because I was eating all these horrible things, not really taking care of myself and New York City life, you know? I thought like, this is it. This is New York City life. And you can make it here. You can make it anywhere. And I was like trying to prove myself going left and right to make it good. But then at some point I was like, get me a ticket to Bali. I need to nourish myself. Because I was like in a verge of breaking down. And I had other phases that also taught me, but that was one of them. So yeah, that really taught me how resilient I was. Because I bought this ticket to go to Bali six months before. And then I signed up for a film, New York Film Academy, to learn filmmaking. Because I wanted to have a travel show. I was like, I'm going to follow. I'm going to interview people all over the world. I'm going to have a travel show. And so I went to do this program. But I had to quit my job. Right? I had to quit my job in order to attend the program was full time. So I didn't, I didn't work for three months. So all my savings, I paid this program, this New York film program. And then I spent all my money with rent and food and all the things. And then at the end, I was 10 days before going to Bali. I, I was like, okay, now I don't have even money to be in Bali. And I don't have money to pay my rent when I come back. So what I did, I was like, I found someone to take over my lease. I sold everything that I owned and I put everything in the storage and I went to Bali and I never came back for like a few years. And that was the best decision of my life. It really changed a lot for me. And I started creating my own brand there. I started doing my own thing. Wow. And yeah. And again, like I went into another, I feel like we have to go through a few lessons sometimes <laughs> in order to learn fully. You know, we have to go over yeah. and over again. So I got to Bali. I got a job, but it was a beautiful office. I got a job as a fashion designer. My, you know, because I had so much like the hustle mentality of New York and I'm from Rio de Janeiro. 
it's also like you're like smart you know like you're in the city you are like aware you're it's like fast life so I was always like super energized to make my dreams come true I'm not saying that all people that from Rio and New York are like that. I was just in my nature. I've been always a very passionate person to make a difference, to do something that gives me fulfillment. But many years I didn't live like that. And then I had to go through all these stories, you know, in order for me to learn and finally promise myself that I would never work for anybody else and I would do the things that love, I love. And I'm passionate about, and I feel like this is really coming back into our truth, into our essence, not even talking about feminine or masculine, but like to our truth. Because some people, they love to work for a corporation and there's nothing wrong with that. We need that. For many years, I was like, oh, we work for like corporates, blah. but there are people that love it and they need that security. For me, I'm more like freedom. I want expansion. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I don't want anybody suppressing like whatever my creativity wants to do. So yeah, I have a few stories. I feel like that I can go on and on about how disaligned I was with my feminine. Mm, what a story. Thank you for sharing. And I feel so many women can resonate with that. It doesn't have to be New York and this extreme hustle life, but we are raised in a society where we are so conditioned that we have to hustle and we have to do something. And even when we're resting, we already think about the next thing and we feel guilty that we're resting. And this is completely out of alignment with our nature as a feminine being. And I'm curious, the years in Bali, when you really went deep into your healing, what shifted inside of you that allowed you to change the way you lived your life and the way you I feel it's not about what we do, but how and why we do it. Like what shifted inside that you finally found peace within yourself and came back to your feminine essence? Yeah, so I feel like it was not even in that phase in Bali. I think I had a few more. I went back to, I went to Miami, I went to New York and blah, blah, blah. And for me, it was the fact that I feel like heartbreak in mm. love really kind of like crushed me so many times, you know, and then I... What really propelled me to go for healing was to heal my relationship with the masculine and also coming back, obviously, to my essence, my true deep essence, which is mostly feminine. I do have a lot of also masculine energy traits, I feel. But um, yeah, I can tell you, like, this journey of healing, it's not linear, And until today, you know, I still work on things and, and everyone, I feel like people are usually putting others on a pedestal, especially like the, the therapists, the coaches, the mentors, and we're all here for it. Like there is no one that doesn't have to go through that process, no matter where we are, you know? So I feel like the biggest lesson for me is to really be comfortable in the void Mm. really be comfortable where I am because you know I am not where I was and I'm not where I will be but I'm here and we're all here we're all in the same place I feel this is one of the biggest lessons even coming now to Maui you know I came here after going through a huge crash on a business partnership like I kind of got deceived uh, not wanting to be the victim because I had I am responsible because I I learned that when you're doing a partnership you gotta have a contract mm. you gotta put it all on the paper and I was <laughs> kind of like 
a little bit like la 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 trusting this is so much fun i didn't see the any problem coming because i was trusting the person i was believing in them and it's beautiful to believe but when it comes to like business and even yeah i feel like the most important thing for us all is to stop trying to rush to the next thing is to sometimes i think in my life if you if if i take you hindsight if i show you my past you know i have traveled and traveled and traveled to so many places in my life and that really served me i have seen the world with my own eyes i have experienced the world you know all my senses that's so valuable you know and there were parts also that i was running from in that journey i feel and also like i play with my girlfriends are you depressed just buy a ticket some people stay home and they watch netflix i buy a ticket <laughs> you know and it's like everything there's there's the you can look at it bad or good but nothing is good or bad it is what it is it's going to serve you i personally you know rather have a condition of like oh i will buy a ticket and then obviously you bring that with you like you said some of the things you bring with you some of the things you can heal as you go you don't necessarily leave it all behind some things they come with you and it's okay if they come with you they're going to you're going to still have opportunities to heal them right even when you travel so when you ask me like what happened in bali the thing is i stayed in bali for i think was a year and then i started traveling again because i ran away because i had a heartbreak and then i went to miami and that that's when the healing started to happen for me i joined this program this coaching program because i felt that i really needed to heal my relationship with my dad and i couldn't forgive him for what he did and i forgave everyone i forgave even my ex boyfriend that tried to kill me you know and how come i cannot forgive my dad so for me that was puzzling and i was like I'm going to find that key of forgiveness. And then that in that journey I understood that forgiveness doesn't come with justice. Sometimes we want justice and only then I am going to love myself or love that person. Only then when it's fair, you know, only then. But forgiveness comes with grace. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. Grace is just love grace is just unconditional love for ourselves and for others like we make mistakes i love the kitchens here they're so they're <laughs> we all make mistakes and we sometimes put our parents on a pedestal we put our boyfriends our whatever our girlfriends and we are so hard with people you know it really allowed me to be less hard with myself i, I was being so hard with myself for so many years and i to the point where i was like trying to take responsibility in order to forgive my dad for what he did it was like maybe it was my fault mm. you know i was trying to find somewhere where how can i and there was no way you know and sometimes you just need to like i have compassion for this person i have compassion for myself it was a mistake i don't forgive because he's sorry i forgive because i want to set myself free i forgive because now i understand that we are all here on a journey and this happened for me in order for me 
to grow and evolve into the woman that I am today. In order for me to grow and evolve into the woman that doesn't need others in order for the healing to take place. Because if we are constantly expecting the other to show up for us in order for us to do the healing process, there are going to be a lot of wounds unhealed within us because not everyone is capable of showing up for you energetically in the moment that you need or even ever. So we must learn how to do these processes within. And I feel like in my journey, one of the things that I'm most proud of in this journey is that I can deal with pain, right? I can sit with pain, you know, and look it in the eye and face it and own my parts of it. And like, own it. okay, I, yeah, I made a mistake. And it's an ego death, especially when people are looking. Because mm-hmm. if you make a mistake that nobody knows, eh, it's fine. But if you make a mistake and there are other people looking, most people will deny. Most people will deny and they're going to even like manipulate to, for you in order to, for you to believe that you are wrong. Like that, you know, like, let's say I made a mistake and because people are looking, I will manipulate the situation in order for people to believe that I am not the wrong one, even though I know I could have done better. Instead of me apologizing, owning my mistakes. I'm sorry. How can we make it better? No. You know, then I feel like this is like the root. I think I'm talking too much, but I feel like (laughs) we got into a place here that many people can relate. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm grateful you shared that because sometimes we think only if this person, you know, comes to us and apologizes or only if this happens we stay in this place of victim and we wait we wait until someone comes and saves us until we feel worthy until sometimes life strips these people and these situations and burns us to the ground and the good girl dies and the version of us dies that was waiting and in the ashes and that's the void you were talking with every rebirth we don't know what's coming out on the other side and it feels scary but the more we lean into that the more we can rise and really establish our wings and be the most empowered version that takes responsibility. And that's emotional maturity. Most of us live in an adult body with an hurt inner child inside of them. And that continues to be passed down through generations. Like if you didn't hear that, you probably would have passed it down to your children, right? And yeah. I feel this is so connected to feminine power to take that ownership back and to, to say, I stop here, I stop waiting, I stop wanting, I stop needing, I find that power and everything I need from outside within myself and I nurture my inner child, I give myself the love that I didn't receive from my parents, I give it to me, I don't need them to give that to me and I work with women that are in their 60s and they still, they sit in front of me and they cry and they say, I think my parents are never gonna give it to me and then I say, Okay, it stops today. You stop waiting. You give that love that you're craving to that inner girl. And that's when everything shifts. Your complete energy shifts when you stop outsourcing that. And I'm, I would love to hear how did the relationship to your dad change after you forgave him and after you stopped, you know, from that place of neediness. I need you to apologize, but to come back into your power and wholeness without him maybe even knowing what shifted that and the dynamic with man with money with your dad everything what the masculine represents i love this question and it's a triggering question because 
Right now, I am choosing not to speak with him, not from a place of hurt, but from a place of, it's like, I don't consider him, like he never raised me, honestly, like he was never present ever. He never helped with anything. And he's just a person that I tried to make him my dad. Mm. My dad, my father's their dad. It was my uncle and my grandfather. And that, I feel it so deeply, this connection with them. With this father, biological father, which I'm so grateful for him. He gave me life. Mm. You know, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today. He gave me life for so many years. I hold back from telling this story about my father because he didn't want to look bad in front of society. And I understood that at some point we have to do our thing. We cannot be held back by a parent that doesn't really even show up for you. (laughs) It's like, doesn't want me to talk about my life. It's my life. It's not about him. It's about me. It's about my life. And so I feel like, Actually, yeah, like 10 months ago, in February 2022, I sent him a message because I wanted to bring up something that happened 10 years ago in the hope that he evolved. And in this conversation, he said to me that he never chose to have me as his daughter and that he said a few things to me and that in another moment would have destroyed me. But in that moment, I was able to forgive him for what he did to me because I understood it's not about me mm-hmm. what he did it's not about me it's who he's choosing to be and I don't know what life experience shaped him to be that way but I'm compassionate I'm sure he went through a lot to be like that you know so I feel like what I feel it's like I don't feel any desire to have him around and you know sometimes People don't disclose those parts, especially us, the healers, the coaches. You know, sometimes things are how they are. And we just like, yeah, there's a part of me that wish he was different, but he's not, right? He's who he is. And we cannot change people unless they want to change. So what I feel today is a lot of compassion and gratitude for him being my, you know, the one that gave me life. And not only that, I'm grat- I have gratitude for all the lessons. He's a, a beautiful person too. He has a, a beautiful side that I love. He's a happy person. He chose to go on a path, you know, that made him this way. You know, I have done a lot of work in myself and I'm sure that he, if he ever chose to look at in himself and acknowledge his mistakes instead of like reflecting back, like I said before, He's like, you know what? I am sorry. All that I wanted, I wanted something that I didn't get in that phone call. All that I wanted was for him to tell me, Tatcha, I'm so sorry. I know I made a mistake. Like, I apologize. I love you. You're my daughter. I should never have done that. That's what I wanted. In in turn, (laughs) I received, I never chose to have you. And so from that point, what do we do? I already had evidence of, that he's, he will never be the person, have that evidence, but I still have hope. And I'm just not going to be blindly hoping that. And, you know, so I'm like, I'm going to protect my little heart, my little girl within me. I'm going to take care of this little girl. I'm going to say, I love you and bye. So, and I honestly, I am, I feel like 
it's great. It's great. It could be better, but it doesn't depend on me. I have done my part. I'm in peace with my part. And I'm sure so many people can relate. Like we can do what we can do. We can show up better this time. I have done everything. I have done years and years of therapy, coaching, healing, all the things in order to have a good relationship with him. And it improved tremendously until last February when I brought up again this conversation that I decided to take a distance. But until then, everything was fine. I just choose, you know, right now to be on that position. <laughs> I feel that's the biggest act of self-love sometimes that we can do. We can't change people. And if it hurts us hoping for something they can't give us because they are still in their stories and they don't do their part of healing, you can do your part. And if they still choose to hurt you in that way, it's your, you know, your protection and your birthright to say, even though you're my father, I don't want you in my life. And I forgive you and I love you but I choose to not be with you. And I mean, yeah. no, no one knows what comes in the future, but and you know, my, like sorry. I said, like I, like I said, it's like, okay, he is the father, but also like, he's a person that had, you know, sex with a wonderful woman. <laughs> and then I was born. So it's like, we're like kids and then we have babies. And then all of a sudden we are like parents and, you know, it's not like some people, change some people don't you know some people get better if they want to some people don't so yeah we have to respect everyone's journey everyone's timing I feel like I respect his timing I'm for love and for real amazing conversations of openness I'm always available mm, yeah thank you so much for sharing that so openly it when you were talking it reminded me so much of that movie I think it's called the shack or something have you seen that no. It's about it's about that man whose daughter taken away and killed and his whole life shifts from that point and he's really resentful and angry towards that man until he gets an invitation from God to the same shack and then he meets God and he sees the story, gives you goosebumps, he sees the story of this man who raped this girl. He sees that he was being punished and punished from his father and he can see how it was passed down and from this pain he did this and he could forgive from that and change his life into freedom and love again but yeah it's it's hard in a work to forgive someone who doesn't say sorry when we need it to take that power back and that's also feminine power right to take that power back to not wait any longer to not outsource that love and validation to choose i'm completely worthy and whole just by being me and that I know my worth I don't need you to say sorry anymore I'm not waiting any longer absolutely yeah no go for no. it <laughs> I, I was just saying absolutely and I think like we have devoted most of our lives for, for that topic like let me take my power back let me take my power back and my relationships in my business in in my love life in like my friendships everywhere in uh, each oh my god <laughs> and like it's not Life is constantly testing us, right? So every time that something takes our power away, you know, there's this practice that I do to bring me back to the highest consciousness, which is I close my eyes, I put my hands in my heart, my belly, and I say to myself, I'm the power and the presence of God, universe, goddess, whatever you want to say, whatever resonates with you. I say like, I am universal, infinite universal wisdom. This is not real. This is an illusion created by my consciousness. 
So as an opportunity for me to take my power back. And then I open my palms and, and I feel like I feel my power surging through me. I feel my power coming back to me. And the power and presence of God, the goddesses. I am powerful. And then I remind, this is an illusion. This is not real. This is only here in order for me to be able to reclaim my power. And the more that we re reclaim our power when those situations appear in our lives, the more we kind of like release those wounds, those blocks, those eggs of trauma and karma. The more that we release and reclaim, sometimes you have to do over and over again, especially with money, especially in love, you know, especially like a relationship, some a rejection, those lower frequency emotions. It's yeah. When they show up here as a creation, we created it. Let's face it. Yeah. We, we created all the bullshit that is going on <laughs> in our lives. Like all the good and all the bad. How magnificent creators are we? We're such magnificent creators. We create good. We create bad. We create anything that we desire with like the power of our consciousness. So like, how are we creating? How are we moving through life? The feminine. How is that movement? How are you being moved by life? Like, how are we choosing? Are we choosing to move like with fear when those things happen? I feel like this is now going to be a phase in my life where I will perhaps not. I'm not putting that into the universe. Maybe I shouldn't even say that. But like, <laughs> I, I, I'm very into astrology. I'm very much into astrology. I'm very in tune with it because my mom is an astrologer. So. I have like Mars in Gemini and right now it Mars in Gemini is retrograde. I don't know by what time you're going to upload this, but it's going to be until like January, I think 12, 2023. Yeah. It will be um, out on 9th. So, okay. It, so yay it, for you guys. It's not anymore <laughs> retrograde. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I, I will spend my birthday here in Maui and my, my, chart my solar return that's how like every year wherever you are in the world will differ so you're gonna have a whole new chart for the year with the energy for the year and my mom every year tells me where I should be and this year is here of course nothing not everything can be perfectly planned because the universe has other plans but with that being said I feel some I will have some Mars in Gemini in my seventh house, which is the house of relationships. So I feel that one of the biggest things that I'm going to learn is how not, not to react compulsively to the things, to people in relationships, not to go into a fight, like really harness that emotional intelligence that I have been working for so many years already on it. Like how can you be so connected to your body that you'd not, only feel but you observe and how can you control that in a way that you don't react immediately and you're just like feel how does my body's feeling what is going on okay this is what's coming up and then you know do what you gotta do which is in the best way possible whatever the next step is sometimes it's just like stepping out and going into your room and screaming into the pillow sometimes it's I need a moment say something or sometimes it's I really love you not available for this knowing how to put your boundaries I feel like it's something that it's so feminine it's so and men and women 
men and women, I get so many compliments because the way that I put my boundaries is so, so loving. It's so respectful, you know, and I really care for the people. Like when I'm putting a boundary, I'm not only putting a boundary to take care of me. When I'm putting a boundary, I am taking care of me, but I'm also thinking about how this is going to affect you. So I'm seeing in a loving way, right? And that's going to benefit everyone, even the people that are watching you putting the boundary, even the person receiving, even the way the next time, how she's going to communicate that, her own boundary, because now she has permission. Yeah. Mm, yes. Can you give an example of how you set a boundary for those who are like having a hard time setting boundaries, how you can do that in a really loving way? Yeah. Okay. So let's say... All right, let's give an example. For example, let's uh, think about something. Let's say that a girlfriend, like you have a girlfriend over and she, anyone has that girlfriend that you love, but she's always complaining about men, about a relationship, about, and then when you're trying to support, because she's coming to you, let's say someone comes to you and then they are in the loop of not wanting to transform and change they just want to talk right like and yes you can talk but sometimes I feel that there are moments that you either go into a meditative state of like how can I become better instead of always blaming the other or you just like accept feedback for your growth and what happened like this happened recently that's why I'm giving this a person that I a friend a girlfriend no she came and she was like talking non-stop about the same thing for two hours like in the beginning we are like loving and we are supportive and everything but after two hours and in the loop of saying the same things and not mm -hmm. accepting any any feedback there's a moment where like we have to protect our energy for example let's talk about protecting your energy from people that are constantly in a negative state not saying that she was but let's say like you have someone that in your life that is constantly talking bad about people behind their back or they are complaining about their relationship but not changing not doing anything putting all the blame and they keeping the loop and all the things like just like conversations that are dragging the energy down right is when you're talking constantly about that drags everyone's energy down so the best way for me I feel it's like, you know, you want to express your truth and with love, you know, you can give your perspective for one last time, bring the facts, or you can even say like, my illusion, when you're giving a feedback, is only your feedback, it's not the truth. You see, my illusion, my imagination is telling me that we are on a loop right now, <laughs> and As much as I want to support you and be here for you, I think we can, you know, schedule another time when we can have a different perspective because now we're not going anywhere with this. Mm. And I'm feeling like the energy that I want to be today is different. I want to enjoy this day or this night. I want to invite us to talk about a different topic and have different type of conversations and Absolutely. If you need later to come back to this, I'm available. But right now, I would like to change this energy for something else. Is that all right? I love you. Okay. All right. Mm. Thank you. Boom. Mm. I love that example. How did she react to that boundary? It was like, oh my God, of course. I'm so sorry. Absolutely. 
And then there was a part of me, and that probably happened. She was absolutely, of course, no, I totally know. I'm going in a loop. She was like, I understand. I'm definitely doing that. Yes, let's talk about something else because she was not going to stop. She was going to keep saying the same things. And she knew that. And what she said is that, and then there was a part of me that I felt like, am I not being a good girlfriend? Am I not being a good friend? There was a part of me that felt that. And I was like, you know what? No, I am loving myself and showing them how to love themselves. And she will get what she needs. This is not something that it's, you know, it, and it depends, you know, you, I'm a very sensitive person. I can read people. I know if a friend like is going through something that then it's like, okay, we schedule time for this. And, or if it's in the moment, I, I don't know. There's like occasions and occasions. We need to be, you know, very tailored for each, each situation is different in life. This is one example. But that could be other ways, you know, that could be other ways that could be uh, in relationships, like sexually, that could be another way, like, uh, let's say, tell me something that ever happened to you that you wish you didn't, that you're comfortable with. And now I'm interviewing you. Yeah, in my last relationship, I have this always, like, if I don't feel an emotional connection, if I don't feel safe, my body doesn't open. And that means sometimes there's weeks of no sex, even though I'm a very sexual person, my body just is a complete no, and then I don't do it. And at one point, he was telling me, like, his ex-girlfriend wanted sex every day, and this is not normal. And, you know, he tried to tell me all the things. And because back then I went through this whole trauma healing thing, and I wasn't in my power, I wasn't in my truth, I started doubting, like, maybe there is something wrong with me. This happened before. Like I was really going into the self-doubt circle instead of like <laughs> saying, I know my truth and this is what I feel. And if I don't feel safe, I can't. And I don't want to force her to open up. Like I just don't feel like having sex with you right now. But I was going into the loop and looking back, this was not the truth. You know, I was taking on someone else's truth or projection on me because he needed validation from me in order to feel good. I didn't stand in this and I was questioning myself and I was sad and I was doubting myself. And looking back, I would have set a clear boundary. Like if I was in yeah. my power now, I would definitely yeah. say in a loving way, like what I feel and what I need and that this is not an acceptable behavior for me right now. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you for sharing this. I feel like a lot of women go through it. A lot of yeah. women do like shame around not being turned on and not wanting. Like almost like I have to give them sex or sexual energy or something in order to be loved, in order to be totally. 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 And I feel this is such a powerful topic. I think we could do a whole podcast. Yeah. Whole <laughs> we topic. do another one. <laughs> I mean, this is like that freaking topic, I think, to put it for a podcast because so many so many women so many 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 like it's incredible how this is something that is like a common thing but not mm -hmm. women that it's just doing it in order to yeah. be oh part of it to be accepted to be loved and yeah. so like there is so much power just for and fun just say no when it's really no Just for yeah. a change, like, let's just, like, really hear and listen and honor. That's when the fuck yes. And then the fuck yes comes after, you know, when you say yeah. your fuck no. 
<laughs> when you honor so much, even if it's going to come a little bit of chaos, at least it's truth. At least yeah. you're not having half have sex. I, you know, I, we're all, we have all been through it, you know, and then you have like horrible sex. You feel used. You feel like a victim of your own actions, right? It's like, and then you even resent the other person for touching you, having sex with you because you, you didn't say no, a strong no, a strong boundary. This is such a big lesson for us women. I feel that's even worse than the fact itself that we betrayed our intuition. I've been in a relationship with a narcissist, emotionally abusive. And this was the hardest part when I hid from that, that I knew and I still overstepped my emotional needs and my radar that said something is wrong. And I almost took on the belief I'm the crazy one because he wanted me to believe that. And I feel this topic that you just shared that when we say yes, even though our body is a no, I have kind of the luck that she just shuts down she's like literally drying out if she's not open she doesn't even allow someone next to her so I didn't sleep with him but there are so many women I work with that push through and that's how we create trauma in our wombs and our yonis we create tension and that's when the real work starts around sexual healing and coming back to the remembrance of our sacred sensuality because no one holds power over that unless you allow it and when we are in our truth and that comes back to also being connected to our wombs and our yonis that's when no one can fuck with us no one can tell us you should be ready right now your body knows if there's something off even if it doesn't make sense she knows and she will put the boundary even if that means that person leaves she's not afraid of being left because she chooses herself am i yeah. talking about yoni yeah <laughs> i mean absolutely Absolutely. I think there's nothing more important than having a deep, deep connection with your yoni, your vagina, your pussy, however you want to call. It's like becoming friends, becoming like really connected. It's something that really changed my life. Like just sitting in front of a mirror naked and, you know, looking at your yoni and just like, and sometimes, you know, scooping her and saying, I'm so sorry for all the times that I didn't listen to you, all the times that I didn't respect you and your boundaries. I'm so sorry. I love you so much. I'm here for you. You know, like creating that connection. It's, it's, it's like an inner child too. It's like when you talk to your inner child, we got to talk with our vaginas too. With our breasts too. Like this is so work. How much shame we carry around how our body looks. That's We are part of nature. I was guiding oh a session last week where we did this mirror gazing with our yonis and we did a sharing after and it brought me into tears because it was the sacred remembrance of our truth. If you connect back to her, you remember your truth. And all of these women said, wow, I never question her beauty again, because this is something that for some reason society tells us how our yonis are supposed to look like. Only humans do that. We would never say to a flower, oh my God, you're so ugly. You're not normal. You're less worthy because your leaf is a little bit shorter than the one next to you. Like, I'm not going to look at you. You're disgusting. But for some reason, humanity, I think because the Yoni holds so much power, this was taken away. And then these lies were created that were passed down and we created this layer of shame and guilt and hiding. And when we come back by also apologizing, like you said, to just hold your breasts, your yoni, and to say, I'm sorry that I believed those lies all those years. I can see your beauty now. I remember 
the sacredness of my body and I'm sorry I didn't listen I yeah this yeah. is ah, reclaiming your power through your body yeah if women only knew how many different shapes and sizes and colors <laughs> I, like you know we think because there's porn people think there's only one kind of vagina the little oh, pinky, <laughs> the little pinky whatever <laughs> vagina but like honestly it's like it's there's these vaginas are rare and most of vaginas are really like all kinds of like flowers all different shapes sizes colors and they're all beautiful they're all gorgeous learn how to love it. I didn't love my vagina until I started looking at it and loving it so it's mm -hmm. like anyone I believe I know because I've seen so many women I have witnessed women saying I hate my vagina and after one night I told them what to do they came back to me they're like oh my god I'm in love she's so beautiful I can't believe I didn't think she was beautiful they cry it's mm. like it's insane the healing that takes place when a woman loves her vagina and the diseases that you can have in your body, in your sexual organs, in your uterus, in your breast, the diseases that you can pick up from being disconnected, you know, it's serious. This is like a serious, serious conversation that I'm so glad we're having. Yeah. Yeah. We're both so passionate about this because it can change the world. If we all come back to our power and connect back to the sacredness of our sensuality in our wombs, I mean, we can receive a soul through our body. Does this make sense? No. <laughs> of course, we are pure magic and we have to remember that and not shame it. And <sighs> yeah. of, course, of course, we're going to unite and be all naked and create rituals. We are freaking temples. Like this is like magic. We are magic. We are yes. walking. Magic. We are pure magic. This is like divine. Divine intelligence operates this thing. It's like we're part of a system, an organism that is so magnificent. And the fact that we're here today and we don't even know why. It's like, okay, there is a huge mystery here. And I'm so glad I'm part of it. I have a chance to be sensual in this experience. What is sensual is, is be activated in your senses. It's like sense, whoa. <laughs> sense, whoa, whoa. It's like your senses, you can feel it, right? A sensual woman, it's like you are, whoa. You can feel, you look at things in a different color. You taste things. Like it's more. You feel the taste of things with your whole body. You look with your whole body. You smell with your whole body. The more you can connect all of your senses when you touch. Ooh, how does that, your spine, like really going deep into, into the practice of being present with your senses. I feel it's, it's the feminine way. And this is how we become open. And this is how we come back to our center and become the muse for the world. Mm, yes absolutely and I feel it's we are the ones that have to do this like we have the privilege that we can do this our ancestors they they didn't have the chance there were times where we didn't even have the right to vote not too long ago 
there are countries still where we are not free in our expression, what we're wearing, how we show up in the world. And if we have the privilege to do that, I feel we have to do this work. We have to stand up, to speak our truth, to say enough is enough, to feel our emotions, to connect back to our primal power. Amen. <laughs> okay. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's uh, close oh, the conversation here. I loved having you. And there's one last question I ask all of my podcast guests, and I invite you to close your eyes for this one. If you could tell a younger version of you something you learned along your journey that would have helped you, what would you say to her? Patience, child. <laughs> enjoy enjoy the road enjoy the journey be free be carefree be enjoy play play more and believe in yourself you're gonna get way more than you ever imagined mm. what age did you see teenager like teenager maybe like 16 17 18 something like that mm, i love that so how can people connect with you, find your magic in the world? I feel best way would be Instagram because the social media I'm most active. So feel free to shoot me a DM. I love, let me know what you got from this. And who knows, I might have a little gift for you. <laughs> they can sign up to my newsletter because my newsletter most of the time, that's where I tell things first and then social media second. Yeah, I have Facebook too. Feel free to add me there. Become friends. Yeah. I will add you in the show notes. Thank you so much for this conversation. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Tanya. It was beautiful and I hope that we can hang out in person naked. And yes. <laughs> we will bathe our yonis in Morea one day. <laughs> Okay, Maria, I really want to come visit you. Let's make that happen. <laughs>